Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So please take a minute and visit mbcocala.com slash stories to tell us your story. And if God has used this ministry to touch your life in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. Help us to continue delivering God's word to the world. You can give online or through our mobile giving app. Today, we're hearing a message from our series entitled Filter. Whether or not we are aware of it, our beliefs color the way we view reality. They set our priorities, make our decisions, and determine our outcomes. At Meadowbrook, we believe the best outcomes stem from having a biblical worldview. Amen. Help me welcome our internet audience, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. How many of you have ever watched the news? How many of you know it's just getting worse? Last night, Alicia was um, cooking dinner, and we'd been watching TV, and the news came on, and I mean, it's just getting crazy, and saw in the news some old guys that hit each other with hammers, and uh, don't do that, and then horrible murders in Ohio, and, and then weather tragedies and earthquakes and different things going on, and, and Alicia said to my 16-year-old son, said, said, Gabe, we just turn the TV off, just turn the TV off, and I remember growing up, there were things that, uh, you know, you, you don't see, you didn't see on TV that you do see now, you know, and, and it's nothing for you to be eating a bowl of honey, wheat, honey nut Cheerios and seeing dead bodies and things on TV now, and it's just, the news is just overwhelming, just a flood of, I, I think, just too much information. So we get information from, you know, our news, uh, international, national, state, and local, and it just comes right down, you know, the pike to us, and uh, crime, and injustice, and scandal, and tragedy, and catastrophe, and all of these things, you know, are happening just all around us, and I think we would all say that there's a mess out there. The world is spinning faster, and people are coming unglued, and as we are continuing on the subject of a biblical worldview, here's where this boils down to. And today is a very, very important message concerning this. With all that's going on in the world, here's what every person has to do. You have to somehow make sense of it all. You have to look at it all through the lens, through the filter of your worldview. And so the mess of everything that's going on in the world, you have to look at that. You have to make some judgments concerning that make sense of it through your worldview. You have to ask questions like, what, what is the problem? What, what is really going on here? And why is all of this happening? And then, of course, depending on your worldview, you know, what, what you decide about that. Well, today I want to talk about how we make sense of that through a biblical worldview. And I want to make a big case for you today that really the biblical worldview is the only one that really works. I'm not going to take away from other worldviews that they don't have aspects that are helpful. But in the end, you're going to see that concerning the mess that is in the world, the mess that is in people's lives, ultimately the only hope and the only help that we would have is through seeing things through a biblical worldview. So as we look at the mess that's out there, and, and you know, I thought, you know, I wish I had a couple of jokes to help us out today. Um, but what I do have is some help to help us out today, and if we look at this uh, properly. So through a biblical worldview, we'll start out with what the problem is, and the problem 
is sin. The problem is sin. Now, I don't want to sound like the guy who just stands on the corner and yells at everybody about sin. um, But I want to go all the way back to the garden. That's the problem. That sin began in the garden. The fall of man and original sin, that's where it all began. Every problem that we have in the world today, every mess that is in life and in in the world today had its origins in the garden with the fall of of man. Look with me in Romans chapter 5, if you will. Romans chapter 5, it says, When Adam sinned, the first man, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Prior to that, it was not there. Sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. Now, leave that verse up just for a moment. When Adam sinned, and that's when he violated a command. That's when he did wrong. When he sinned, that was an act. A force entered into the world, okay? So we still have the same thing going on. Not just that we would do wrong. Not just that, that we would violate a command. But the actual power and force of sin that, that works in, in our lives today. That plagues flesh and rules over the lives of mankind. And then beyond that... Every time you or I sin, how many of you have sinned since, um, since Valentine's? (laughs) It's every one of us. Okay. Um, every time you or I sin, we damage something. Come on. Are y'all with me? Every time there's never a time that we sin that it doesn't damage something. Every time you or I sin, Something gets damaged. We damage ourselves, our self-respect, another person, a relationship, a family, our emotions, our confidence, our future. Something gets damaged by that. Now, as we compare other worldviews, though, other worldviews say, in terms of sin, they would say, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can just do what you want to do. Or they would say, um, that's old-fashioned, or that's religious, to say it that way. And many worldviews, you ready for this, sin is not in their glossary. Sin is not in their, in their vocabulary. And so when you remove sin out of the equation and out of, out of the whole situation, then you have no need for a savior. And that's why a lot of worldviews uh, maybe are God-tolerant, but they're not Jesus-tolerant. And uh, there's a lot to be said about that. We don't have time to go that direction today. But other worldviews just have no room for that. And so when trying to navigate and negotiate with what's going on in our world today, let me just tell you through a biblical worldview. You ready for this? The world is in a mess because of sin. The world is in a mess because of sin. Because of original sin and because of ongoing sin, that's why we have the problems in our world today. We live in a fallen world. We live in a dry and a thirsty land. Listen to this. As with all things that spiral out of control, the effects of sin sometimes impose themselves randomly throughout creation. That's why we have earthquakes. That's why we have floods and things like that. That's why the scripture says that all creation groans. Good people get hurt. Bad people get away with murder. Weeds thrive and flowers fade. And it's because of the power and the force of sin that plagues lives and ruins the lives of mankind. So the world is in a mess. And so as I tell you that the world is in a mess because of sin, 
all worldviews, I think, would agree that the world is in a mess. But they stop at that point. Now, your worldview then kicks in, depending on your worldview, then the effort that you would make to try to alleviate or do something about the problems of the world. And that's especially interesting now that we're in a a season of uh, presidential elections. Could I take just a moment? (laughs) Just a few seconds to vent. Just my humble opinion, okay? We're in the greatest country in in the world. And seriously, is this the best that we could come up with? Seriously? I'm sorry. Let's pray for a minute and we'll get back to the message. All right, back to this, all right? But depending on your worldview then will determine the effort that you're going to make to try to fix the problems of the world. So there's several arenas connected to worldviews. So uh, the political arena, okay? We see the problems in the world. How are we going to fix them? We'll fix them politically. We'll we'll fix these problems through laws and through programs or through education. We'll do it in the educational arena through knowledge and literacy or through financial, through funding, or we'll increase the minimum wage. Or through psychological arena, or the sociological arena, or the biological arena, or we'll get mystical and superstitious, or maybe not. Well, all of these arenas, except for the superstitious one, all arenas are valid and helpful. You know, there's something to be said for laws and, and programs, and education, and literacy, and, and um, economics and and all those areas they have valid helpful parts to them but look at me for this but they're all incomplete none of these even all together they cannot solve the problems that are in this world and so why we embrace a biblical worldview is because that is the one that will help us and let me just tell you this is the approach to help the problems and the mess that is in the world, a biblical worldview, because in a biblical worldview, our effort, our approach to fix the problems in the world, here's our target. It's the hearts of men and women. That's why, did you hear what I said? It's the hearts of men and women. That's what we go after. That's why, listen to me, that's why week after week, week after week, week after week, We come together like this and through what Paul called the foolishness of preaching and in every avenue that we can get the word out and through extended, extensive investment and effort in next-gen ministries in every way that we can, we're targeting your hearts. We're going after hearts because that's the only way that you can change a life. That's the only way that you can change a relationship. That's the only way that you can change a family. That's the only way that you can change a community. Will we ever change the whole world? Listen, will we ever change the whole world? No, we won't change the whole world. But we can be changing the world. And the only way that anything really fully ever changes is when a heart changes. And the only thing that's ever really going to change a heart is a new life in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to try to show you that here today. 
And so these other worldviews, they have valid and helpful parts to them. But it's the heart of man that must change. The beginning, the problem is sin. It goes back to original sin and ongoing sin. That's a spiritual problem. And all problems that we have today have at their root that they are a spiritual problem. And so if it's a spiritual problem, first of all, then the solution of it must also be spiritual. It's a spiritual solution. We must deal with the root of it first. If you just trim the weeds, they come back. But we've got to go to the root of it all. It's said this way, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. I heard an old story about a a dad. He took his son with him to work one day. And the son loved to play around the office and happened to be a rainy day that day. And, and dad was working on some things and it was rainy and the son got bored. There was nothing to do. He was bored, kept interrupting dad. And so dad looked through a magazine. He, he found a picture and it was a picture of the world. And so he said, son, I've got an idea. And so he took the picture of the world and he cut it all up and he made a puzzle and he put it on the table. And, and he said, son, here's, here's a puzzle put that back together. And he thought that will occupy him for a long time. In about 10 or 15 minutes, the son came back and he had it all taped together. And he brought it and he said, here, dad, I got it. And he says, how'd you do it so quick? He said, I noticed on the back was a picture of a man. And he said, once I got the man all together, then I got the world together. Did you hear me today? Did you hear me? It's the hearts of men. And by that I mean mankind. And there are heart conditions and there are symptoms. And the problems come out of our hearts. In the gospel, Jesus talked about everything from adultery to theft. From us saying something wrong and foul and hateful to us murdering. It all just proceeds out of the heart. You're not going to fix that by saying read a book. You're not going to say that by here's your prescription. You're not going to say that by, uh, fix that by passing a law. There's something that has to happen in the heart. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, keep your heart with all diligence. Other translations say, guard your heart above everything else that you guard. Why? For out of it, out of your heart, spring the issues of life. Life is going to be determined by what's coming out of the heart. So again, For life change, for the world to change, for your relationships to change, for anything to change, we've got to go after the heart. And that's what the biblical worldview does. Now, what I want to do today, and I don't want to be bragging or nothing or showing off or nothing, but I'm going to be writing today with my left hand. So I just want to to show you some heart conditions, and then I want to show you the remedy. And the heart conditions are the result of original sin and ongoing sin. And all of us in one way or another have had these in our life. And I want to show you how they get fixed. The first one I want to look at is guilt. Guilt. How many of you have ever felt guilt before? And so guilt comes because we don't measure up. We don't measure up to our own standards, let alone God's standards. And we have guilt. We, and you can't feel good about yourself and bad about yourself at the same time. And so we end up feeling worthless and we end up feeling unhappy and we have guilt in our lives. The second thing would be this. It would be compulsion. Everybody say compulsion. 
Compulsion is when you just continuously, repeatedly uh, engage in self-defeating, self-destructive acts. That you have urges, you have addictions. Can I tell you that we are living in the most addicted society ever in history? We're addicted to all kinds of things. Everything from games on your phone to prescription drugs to you name it. We are an addicted society and it is compulsion. And compulsion leaves us feeling powerless and defeated. And beyond that would be another heart condition would be isolation. Isolation. We've got 300 Facebook friends, but we do not know our neighbors. We... We don't talk to our family anymore, and it leaves people feeling alienated, isolated, and there is so much loneliness and sadness that happens in our culture. And then beyond that, we have confusion. Everybody say confusion. People don't know who they are. They don't know where they came from. They don't know what they're supposed to do. They don't know their purpose. There's confusion. Our culture is plagued with confusion. And don't hear this hateful, but there's even gender confusion. Our whole society has been rained upon by this confusion that happens. And it is a heart condition that that has plagued us. And it makes us aimless and hopeless. And then finally, there is worry. Everybody say worry. Is anybody here ever worried? And what happens with worry is, is we're restless and we're hopeless. And here's what happens. Anxiety. There's so much anxiety. And Scripture says when you have anxiety, it leads to depression. We are also the most depressed and most medicated society in history. Something is wrong. And I'm going to tell you something. Here's a book. Here's a prescription. Here's a class. Whatever is not going to fix it. Pass a law is not going to fix it. Raise your wages is not going to fix any of these things. And these are all the result of original sin and ongoing sin. And so what do we do about these things? The problem is heart problems. These are heart conditions through a biblical worldview is the only way that you're going to have a solution for this. And this, my friends, is the solution. The solution is what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Now watch this. I'm running back and forth. I feel like one of the models on The Price is Right. (laughs) First of all, what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Everybody read it. Solution. What Jesus accomplished on the cross. That's, That's what fixes this. First of all, he took our place. Look with me in 2 Corinthians 5. For our sake, say for my sake. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What we're going to call it is exchange. Exchange. And what happened is he took our place. We were the ones that were guilty, but he exchanged. He took our place. Listen to me. He took our sin. He became sin. He was nailed to the cross so that you and I can stop trying to nail ourselves to the cross. Get this? And because of that, it takes away guilt. 
takes away guilt. And can I tell you something? In a biblical worldview that denies there is sin, when people feel guilty, they say, well, that's because you had a religious upbringing. They say that's because your parents were old-fashioned. They, they try to explain these things away, but I'm telling you, the law of God is written in the heart of every created person because we're created in the likeness and the image of God. It's just on the inside, and you can't drink it away. You can't counsel it away. You can't do anything except the blood of Jesus Christ to take it away. And thank God he took it away. I said, thank God that he took it away. Second, he set us free. Look at this, 1 Timothy chapter 2. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. Did you hear that? Let's go to the next verse here. It's Colossians chapter 1. For he has rescued, everybody say rescued. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. So for this one, I'm going to put rescue. Rescue. And what happens with this? He rescued us. He defeated He rescued us and set us free, not just from the power of the devil, but from the power of compulsion. Because listen, whoever you obey, that's your master. Whatever you obey, that's your master. And scripture tells us that in him, that you are under no obligation to the flesh No longer under the obligation to the flesh to do what the flesh wants to do. And the flesh will always say, I want to go do that. And we're so used to just doing what the flesh wants to do. But now because he has rescued us not just from the power of the devil, but from the power of the flesh and from compulsion, I don't have to do that. You don't have to do drugs. You don't have to do porn. You don't have to do alcohol. You don't have to spend money. You don't have to do those things that the flesh is always wanting. You don't have to overeat. I know you all got quiet on me, but I know you hear me. You don't have to do those things because Jesus rescued you. He set you free. I know you hear me. Next, he made peace. Everybody say peace. Peace. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been made right with God, right in God's sight by faith. Everybody read it with me. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And now we have peace. We have peace with God. Therefore, I can have peace with myself. Therefore, I can have peace with other people. And you know what? I don't have to be lonely. I don't have to be isolated. I don't have to have alienation. And that takes that sadness and loneliness out of my life. Amen. Amen. This next one's very important. He gave us the new birth. He gave us. Now, these are all, remember this. These are the heart conditions. These are the result of original and ongoing sin. The only solution for these is what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. And remember, he came and he took our place. And he set us free. And he made peace for us. And now we have this issue of confusion. And what he did, he came and he gave us the new birth. New creation. Look at this in 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you receive Christ into your life. He is. Say, I am. He is a new creation Old things have passed away. Behold, read it with me. All things become what? They become new. 
And so we get here is a new birth. New birth. Now this is important. This is important. Watch what happens here. Uh, Excuse me. Titus. Titus chapter 3. He saved us because of his mercy. And not because of any good things that we have done. God washed us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank God. He gave us new birth and uh, come on. Let's read this last one again here. He gave us a new birth and a fresh beginning. How many of you like to just start over sometimes? All right. I'm, I, I guess I'm still a trumpet player. I hadn't played in a while. But I played all through school and then traveled for a while playing. But I can remember like in junior high band, high school band, we come back from summer break. I practiced during summer break. But I can remember coming back and the band director would say, all right, get out such and such a song. And everybody gets out their instrument. And all right, let's, let's play two, three, four. And he'd, he'd start out and it would start out bad. And it's getting worse. And the clarinets are squawking. And the flutes are talking. And the trumpet players are gawking at the flutes. And trombones are not practiced, and it's a mess, and it's getting more and more confusing, and it's just horrible. And the only thing you can do, because it is nothing but confusion, is finally the band director just cuts the whole thing off. And so let's start over. Let's just start over at the very beginning. And you know what? That's what God has done for us. Because I'm telling you what, life gets so confusing. It is such a noisy mess. I wish I I missed my cue on that. And this happened. I don't even know how this started. And you have all those things. And thank God, though, he gives us a new birth and a fresh beginning. And I'm telling you, I don't care what your confusion is in life. No matter what you're confused about through the new birth, through what Jesus accomplished on the cross, you can get rid of that confusion. Amen. Got one more. Got one more. He defeated death and the devil. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest. This is why Jesus came. That he might destroy the works of the devil. I thought that'd get an amen or something. <laughs> Here's the works of the devil. He comes to steal and kill and destroy. He came to mess up hearts and mess up lives and relationships and futures and potentials and families. Let me tell you the works of the devil. What he came to do. He came to destroy your family. He came to destroy your future and your self-image. He's a vandal. He's a terrorist. He's a punk. He's dirty, rotten. Seriously. And Jesus came to destroy. This word right here, that he might destroy, in the Greek it means to break and beat to pieces the works of the devil. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Because God's children, say that's me, are human beings made of flesh and blood. The son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, the way things were arranged. 
And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who had lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Now listen, he broke the power of the devil and death, the fear of dying. Listen, you don't have to fear dying. We still die. We still die, but death has no power over us. Death no longer has the last word. I love this. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. And my future is secure. And because of the victory, everybody say victory. Because of the victory that Jesus has brought, I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry. Amen. So because of sin, original and ongoing sin, there's a problem in the hearts of men. And any other, any other worldview sees these things, feels these things, but can't fix these things. The only solution, because the root of these things are spiritual, the only solution is spiritual. And the only one who could do something about it was the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And he came in his love, and he did the completed work of atonement on the cross. And what he accomplished on the cross, he took our place. He set us free. He made peace for us. He gave us a fresh start. And he defeated death and the devil. And that's why this is the only, the only worldview that works. Because it fixes the hearts of men. And if it fixes my heart, and then your heart, and then your heart, and then your heart, and then your heart, the world begins to change. Amen. Everybody believes. They believe something. Everybody has a mechanism in them to be a believer. And they believe, and watch this, everybody, everybody believes, worships, gives, serves, and evangelizes their cause. Everybody. And I hate for for people to waste that on a cause that ultimately in the end doesn't make a difference. And that's why week after week and day after day, we're reaching out, we're calling out, we're praying to give your heart to the one who can make a difference. And that's Jesus Christ. He did the work on the cross for me. He did the work on the cross for you. And no matter how broken you may feel today, how confused you may feel today, you know what? We've all felt that, every one of us. He knew that, and that's why he came to do that work for me and for you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MBC Ocala.